there's one or two recurring themes basically all day long. And what is that theme for you? And so I really work on helping people identify that theme and then starting to see, like I, I say this all the time, are you living from a place of like leading with fear or leading with faith, right? And an excitement. And so when we start to tune into those beliefs, it's like, oh my goodness, I, I realize everything is like this shortage mentality. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not there on time. I'm, you know, it's like, I've never give myself enough time and I don't, I don't go, you know, I move too fast or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like this piece where it's always this race, race, race versus am I right here right now? Like how, I just ate that meal. How did I feel after that? And and I have this headache. Is it because of that conversation I had yesterday with my partner or my boss? And what are we carrying versus letting go of? And, and just connecting the dots, like really just sitting kind of in your space and looking all around at all the areas of your life. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Do our beliefs have anything to do with our physiology? Do our beliefs really affect us? Can our thoughts create physiologic problems in our body? Can our thoughts create diseases or can they make us more susceptible? Do they have no relation whatsoever? Well, I think every one of you listings, you've been in my community, you know that our physiology can affect our behavior and our behavior can affect our physiology and our belief affects our behavior, which affects our body. So it is absolutely with great pleasure that I am joined today by an expert in women's health and fertility. I know my postmenopausal clients, menopause, and, and those of you are like, I'm just finally I'm at a place where I don't want to worry about being pregnant again. And I don't have to, it's so exciting. And you're talking, bringing on a fertility expert. Oh my gosh, let me tell you, there's two things that I know about our, you know, about our health. Longevity starts in the womb, right? And it doesn't, it, it doesn't end. Longevity starts in the womb. And the second thing is maintaining healthy ovarian function, healthy, you know, body physiology, ovarian function, adrenal function for our, as long as we can, right? Is a, is a key to longevity. It absolutely is a key to longevity. So I, I bring with you to you today, Amy Raup, who is a women's health and fertility expert and a celebrity acupuncturist. She really combines Eastern and Western medicine. She has a master's of science degree in traditional oriental medicine from the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine and a bachelor's degree in biology from Rutgers University. So she's also created the a beauty line, Amy Ralph Beauty, using clean handcrafted organic skincare products to not affect, to be free of uh, endocrine disruptors. So I love that. She's been pretty much on 
every major media channel. She's been on Goop, The View, Mind Body Green, and and so much more. So I am excited to introduce you to her. She's become a new friend. And here we go. Well, welcome, Amy, to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Anna. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am just finished reading your book, Body Belief. Body Belief. And I just yes. loved it. I know you also have written the egg quality diet, and I want to, I'll talk about that too. But I just love everything you've put into this the thought, the energy, and the science. And what made you write this book, Amy? So, I wrote a book before that. Well, I've written two books prior to that, but my second book called Yes, You Can Get Pregnant, and it's all about helping women optimize their fertility, you know, even into their 40s. And prior, my my backstory is I was a research scientist. I was a medical school dropout and then did research and then went into study Chinese medicine. But I've always carried that research element with me. And so, you know, you, you've written books, you know, we really bring forth a lot of integrity and in all the research and, and diving into the research behind fertility and why fertility challenges were on the rise and really trying to understand that I started to see this common thread that there was a lot of women I was suspecting and I would see that, you know, as a clinician as well, that there was a lot of women dealing with fertility challenges that actually were dealing with undiagnosed or mismanaged autoimmune conditions. And, and even endometriosis, we know it's an inflammatory condition, but as I always say clinically, and, and, and perhaps you've seen this as well, when I treat it like an autoimmune condition, it tends to get better pretty quickly. And so all of that kind of came out of the writing of, yes, you can get pregnant. And I, you know, and I have a formula in there and, and good advice in there, but it continued my research into this autoimmune realm because I also, another thing I was seeing in my practice was I was seeing a lot of women with recurrent pregnancy loss and that has a strong autoimmune slash inflammatory tie. And so it, it kind of became this obsession of mine where I was like, I want to try to figure this piece out. And, and in Chinese medicine, uh, we don't have something like autoimmunity. You know, we would say something like it's, you know, the body's attacking itself. Obviously we know that from a scientific perspective, but Chinese medicine always also wants to look at it from this emotional perspective. And so like, where are we attacking ourselves, not just on that physical or cellular level, but on that emotional level? And, and how are we aligned with ourselves? How are we supporting ourselves? And, and I guess, because I had the clinical experience too, I was really able to draw upon that in coupled with diving into the research and the science to see that if we really want to heal autoimmunity and or inflammatory conditions, you know, it's this three pillar approach. It's not just like I, I say in the beginning of the book, I could tell you what to eat and how, when to sleep and how to meditate. But unless you actually believe and you get aligned with yourself, I don't know that any of my recommendations will will stick and actually make all the difference you deserve them to make. Well, I love that. And I think the first thing I want to just clarify autoimmune, what autoimmune yes. means and the word itself, it means like your body is you know, essentially attacking its own immune system, right? Mm -hmm. Hostility, deep hostility. Yes. And repressed emotion or mm -hmm. deep grief and sadness and it's anger, yes. right? It's angry. Yeah. There's the, and I like that you said that deep hostility and anger at yourself for an emotional aspect to autoimmune disease. So I just want to tell my audience, just hang in here. You're <laughs> like, oh no, my autoimmune disease isn't thought, you know, created by my thoughts. Not no. saying, I'm not saying that at all. There's so many factors here, but what, what is incapacitating your body from 
fighting off the offenses and yeah. healing itself. And how do we now empower your body to absorb and, and respond to the healing modalities that you're doing? And, and I think there's so much uh, to this. And I, and I speak from my own personal journey, Amy, when I had a traumatic accident in my own family, I went from, you know, a fertile, fun, 39-year-old to infertile, early menopause, and depressed with PTSD under the surface. And it drove my immune system, my adrenals down. And believe me, you know, like I was grieving and I was angry at myself and I was hurting in so many, you know, in so many ways that are, that I could see, even though like at that time, you know, they're like, oh, that stress isn't going to cause your infertility. Stress isn't going to cause early menopause. I'm here to say that absolutely it will. Yeah. And like you said, it's like no, no one's to blame. And I don't think, you know, even specific situations are to blame. But I think the biggest thing that that stress or trauma does to the body is it takes away that sense of safety. And then it puts us in that that chronic fight or flight. And, you know, I always say like every every day, every moment, right, we have the choice to go down, you know, the fight or flight pathway or the rest, relax, reproduce pathway. And and that's what's happening. And, and then the immune system gets triggered, the, the body gets triggered, this, this deep hostility, and then this inflammatory process takes over, which it doesn't create a sense of safety in the body. And so from like what you experience and like what I see clinically with, with so many of my clients is, is we're trying to return them back to that sense of safety. And that safety is, is of course, nutritional, right? Giving our bodies everything it needs. Of course, it's physical, like listening to our bodies, resting, moving at the right pace for our bodies. But it is that deep emotional piece as well, like P-E-A-C-E and, you know, peace that we're, we're coming back and creating that sense of homeostasis and hostility. And that does regulate the immune system. I mean, you can see it clinically, you can see it in lab works, you can see it in symptoms. And like you work through it, I, I see that clinically all the time. Yeah. And I say it comes down to those three things as to summarize. Peace, presence, and pace. Peace, presence, and pace. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Feeling really at home in your body. In your book, and you write renew about yeah. renew. Renew means to start the process of shifting your beliefs about your body, your health, and how you function in the world from where you are now to a refreshed version of you. Renewed beliefs are not necessarily different from the beliefs you currently have. They may simply be more positive. I mean, a more positive variation of them. Yeah. And I, I love this concept, right? Like this concept of shift. Yeah. Well, I think there's so much, you know, the term is toxic positivity out there, right? Where this idea that we just are shoving these positive beliefs or these affirmations down our throat. And I don't know that that renders all the benefits that we would like them to. I see clinically again and, and feel that the best approach is this shift from you know, say not all the way from black to white in one second, right? But from black to a little less black to gray to a little less gray to whiter. And so it's about finding the beliefs that you have, the core beliefs, and then starting to question them and then saying, how could I say that better? How could I be a little more gentle? How could I be a little more compassionate? How can I shift that to a better feeling thought? And then from there, seeing, you know, your beliefs really do dictate your behavior, your behavior dictates your health. And, and so it's it's all related. And, and if you go in with a belief of, you know, 
like say for you, where that that trauma took over your life and, and you stayed in that grief and you stayed in that space of things could never change, they'll never get better. I don't know that the health would have shifted, right? You know, it was like, instead for you, it was a catalyst to to really see how trauma impacts things and and, and then share that with the world, which is beautiful. But it's 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 that that space where we get to see the belief and then, okay, so it could go this direction or I could go this direction with it and I can slightly, you know, shift it over rather than being told you have to think positive all the time. It's the only way you're going to heal. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure. And I heard Deepak Chopra say once that he said, if someone tells you, you have to be happy all the time, he's like, don't listen to them and don't ever talk to them again. <laughs> he's like, cause that's not it. You know, it's like the not so good moments in our life are there to, I think, educate and inspire and, and shift us as well. And so it's kind of, you know, using those moments as momentum and, and what direction do you want to go, go next? So give us some examples from your practice, yeah. your work and like how the beliefs affected an autoimmunity and why it, you know, like why does, do we have a choice, like which autoimmune disease we get or what we're susceptible to? I mean, what is, well, I think there's genetics in there as well, right? I think there's predispositions for certain. And I think some just have greater predispositions than others. And what I'll see clinically though, a lot is, you know, the I'm too old story or, or this is as good as it gets. Like I'm getting older. So don't things decline. Aren't they just supposed to get worse and getting them to really, you know, a client to tune in to, okay, where did that come from? And that typically came from someone we were raised by or culture, you know, that we were exposed to, but starting to question, but look at there's other people who have reversed heart disease or have healed from cancer and, or have gotten healthier in their thirties and forties than they were in their twenties and starting to shift and question. And so I'll usually go from like that, I'm too old, there's no hope to, well, other people did get healthier as they got older. So it's almost starting to question because the belief becomes the truth, right? But the belief is just the thought. It, it's in, then we seek for the social proof to support that thought. So it's about opening up and expanding to see other social proofs. There are other people that got older and it didn't just get worse. They got better. So I could too. And I suppose like the second part of your question, how does that tie into autoimmunity? I think there are multiple factors that are going on, whether it's genetics, it's gut health, it's, you know, predispositions, it's environmental toxins. The thoughts are in there as well, right? They're another variable. But what those those hostile thoughts will do is create that sense of, you know, hostility in the body, creating that inflammatory cascade and putting you in that fight or flight that does not set you up for for thriving it just sets you up for surviving and barely and so as we shift the thoughts we'll see the neurochemistry will shift like legit our our thoughts do create neurophysiological reactions in our body and so as we start to shift those say the nervous system starts to calm then also say we start to say you know, I do feel better when I sleep seven to eight hours. I do feel better when I move a little bit more, right? There's a consciousness that comes with that. And then we begin to shift and choose behaviors that are more supportive to this new belief system. Oh, it's not all lost, right? You know, I can, I can get, you know, be in my late forties and actually feel better than I did in my late thirties. Like th there is a possibility there. And, and that's like, then you see this trend and you'll see, you know, Hashimoto's is a great example of like where we're tracking thyroid antibodies. You'll see thyroid antibodies come down. You, you see the inflammation calm. You also see gut health improve and you see absorption and, and nutrient deficiencies go away. And, and you just see the body saying like, I mean, the way I see it, 
is I just see the body saying like, I feel safe again. I feel, I feel like I have enough. I feel like I don't just have to survive. I can actually move into thriving. And, and in my world, mainly what I treat is helping women get pregnant like that, that thriving is a piece of that. Mm-hmm. And before, when we were talking before we went live, you, you know, you were saying like the, the ovarian health is such a, a, a piece to the aging puzzle. And that that's very much how I see it as well, even clinically that fertility is a luxury, right? It's like a menstruation and, and the ability to have children. It is an inherent right that I, I hope all women have. And, and if they want to uh, utilize it, that they get to. But when the body doesn't feel safe, it's the first thing it shuts down and just says, I don't have enough, right? I don't have enough to make, I can't barely survive here. How am I going to make a human? You know, and so we're just slowly shifting them out of that, like, terrorized state, you know, that hostile state to like, oh, I have a little, okay, I can actually start to see this. Like, and it's really what you see too, is like this blossoming, you know, you just see this shifting and transformation. It's beautiful. I love it. I like the word blossoming, awakening, opening, you know, transformative, Phoenix yeah. rising. I mean, these yes. are good words, especially for us to relate to. And science now is showing more than ever that the healthy ovarian function, the longer we can keep it, the healthier our second spring of our life is. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really important. Like I recognized easily from reversing early menopause at 39 to again at 48 to finally going through menopause at 56 years old. You guys, that's like, you know, that is at the, the, (laughs) at the, you know, less than 5% of us go through menopause this late. And so I think, I think that's a really important piece to understand that we're keeping and maintaining healthy ovarian function and it starts Mm -hmm. early. So the same thing, like where I love Amy, your work is that it is, it goes, goes into this body of beliefs. It goes into ovarian restoration and really honoring like the ovarian function and revitalizing it with your methods. In chapter four of your book, you say reconnecting to yourself is the most important pillar of the body belief plan. And give us like, how do we reconnect yourself? Because you guys, you don't have to be wanting to be pregnant to do this. You don't have to, you know, any age, any age any of us. Age. And this is something like I am going to sharing with my kids for, you know, their young age, young bodies. And again, preventive wellness is, is this resource because I want them to understand that how toxic our thoughts can be in self-judgment, self-criticism, and why it's important like to create a body that you feel safe in mm-hmm. and that you can you feel um, like a partnership with. Right. And, and to your point too, of this isn't just for women trying to make babies. I always say fertility is an extension of health. It's kind of like my joke in a sense of you don't need to want a baby to, to do this work, right? This is really about rejuvenation and restoration and renewing the reconnecting piece, which is the first pillar of the body belief uh, protocol it is, I do think the most important piece, because what, again, what I see clinically is most people come to me and they're completely disconnected from themselves all the way down to, you know, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning or do you have your coffee on an empty stomach? At what point do you eat your, your breakfast or your lunch? How do you feel after that? Instead, it's more like, oh, I just feel exhausted all day. I have headaches. I, you know, I don't remember the last time I pooped or or I have loose bowel movements every day. You know, I have these bags under my eyes, like my hair is falling out, right? It's just all these like varying symptoms and, and not really understanding that perhaps if you ate 
you know, breakfast in the morning, then you might actually have less anxiety or fatigue as the day progressed or less headaches and, and getting them to start to connect the dots, but then also connecting the dots of what are the thoughts? They say that we have 50,000 thoughts a day, 90% of them are the same. So there's one or two recurring themes basically all day long. And what is that theme for you? And so I really work on helping people identify that theme and then starting to see, like I, I say this all the time, are you living from a place of like leading with fear or leading with faith, right? And an excitement. And so when we start to tune into those beliefs, it's like, oh my goodness, I, I realize everything is like this shortage mentality. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not there on time. I'm, you know, it's like, I've never give myself enough time and I don't, I don't go, you know, I, I move too fast or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like this piece where it's always this race, 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 versus am I right here right now? Like how, I just ate that meal. How did I feel after that? And, and I have this headache. Is it because of that conversation I had yesterday with my partner or my boss? And, and what are we carrying versus letting go of and, and just connecting the dots, like really just sitting kind of in your space and looking all around at all the areas of your life and seeing how they connect the dots, but also the the role you're playing in those two and that that honest piece i feel such a huge part of the path to health and and vitality is is being really honest with ourselves and that only comes from living with ourselves and being truly connected and being a partner right you know we're a team like the inner and the outer this is a team and so coming back home to that and really not seeing it as separate you know yeah, I love that. I say, you know, get the nasty bitch off your shoulder and yes. work with your best coach, right? Yeah, your favorite yeah. coach. Yeah, very positive. So I love that it keeps coming into like, I keep saying the uh, peace, pace, presence. If you're not feeling mm -hmm. peace, check in, right? What's your pace? Yeah. Are you nourished? Are you fed? And being really present. And I, I think that's a really great mantra to adapt. Walk us through like, how do you help someone who's coming in with autoimmune disease? And we see like, let's just talk about some autoimmune yeah. diseases. MS, Hashimoto's, Raynaud's, psoriatic arthritis, uh, eczema, psoriasis, eczema, psoriasis um, RA, right? Crohn's, colitis. You know, I, I see, I think Hashimoto's and I mean, so how do I help someone when they come in? I mean, I feel like half the people I work with have no idea that they maybe even have an autoimmune, right? Um, especially my Hashimoto's patients, uh, most women are diagnosed with hypothyroidism. If the thyroid starts to crash, though, a lot of them are just kind of bouncing around and don't, no one's checked their thyroid antibodies. So I tend to be the one who helps them discover that. And I also tend to be the one to get to get them to an endocrinologist where we'll see a, a positive ANA or we'll see other inflammatory markers. So as a Chinese medicine doctor, right? It's different than Western medicine. They come in and I, I'm a detective. I just piece apart all of their symptoms, everything from how they're sleeping to how they're pooping to their sex drive, to their skin, their hair, their nails, and to their emotional state, of course. And, and with that, I, I, I get to come up with this picture, you know, and now of course, you know, I have all sorts of education and, and functional medicine and I have nutrition and all these things. So I can piece together this plan where I'm also looking at like what we would say now is gut health, you know, Chinese medicine, we just kind of talk about the spleen and the stomach. So, but digestion is a huge piece to, to health and vitality in Chinese medicine. And so how is their body and the way we look at it, I love, it's like not just absorbing nutrition, but how are you absorbing your world, right? How are you absorbing 
and interacting with your world. And you really get to see this picture. And, and a lot of times with autoimmunity, there's always this digestive component. And then there's with that typically, you know, what I think we would call from like more of a, a medicine perspective, nutrient deficiencies, you know, so you can see they're inherently depleted. They are not absorbing their nutrition. They're not absorbing their world very well. And then there's this emotional piece of it's there's some kind of latent, whether it's grief, whether it's anger, whether it's resentment, it, and it could all just be like self, you know, towards self. It doesn't mean that there was and, and trauma is whatever trauma was for you guys. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be some big, bad, dark thing. It's like, however, we kind of internalize and, and move forward in our world. And and so for me, then I'm working on all those, like I'm really restoring the pillar of digestion. That's so important to me to get to them to start to absorb. And then that that pillar of like their relationships, because I often say, like, how much are you giving away? You know, that's kind of that that digestion relationship piece as well, where are you in the world and just giving all of you? Do you, do you save anything for yourself? you know, and, and most people really that hits them and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I am at all things to all people. And I'm, I don't show up for myself. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the resources. And so it's about peeling that back. But, but in that, to tie it back to the autoimmune, you, you will see, you, you almost see either the stage is being set for autoimmunity to be triggered or it's, it's low line. I mean, I think the stat is that, by the age of 40, I think it's one in eight women will have an autoimmune disease in the United States. And another interesting statistic is that autoimmunity has quadrupled over the last, since the eighties, and it affects women 75% more than men. And so a lot of these are these underlying low line autoimmune style conditions that may not show up like raging on blood work, right? It might just be, oh, I have I have brain fog, I have fatigue, I have headaches, my period's acting wonky, or I'm having fertility challenges, I've had a bunch of miscarriages, I have joint pain, um, I have digestive issues, I have eczema, I have psoriasis. And so then same thing, I still come back to these, these core like foundational pillars, if you will, and and restore all of that or work on restoring. It's it's a spectrum, right? It's not it's not black or white, same thing as our thoughts, and it's not it's healing versus curing. I think that's a very important thing to drive home to everyone listening. And, and that healing takes place on a spectrum. And slowly as you really create that sense of safety and homeostasis in the body and improve nutrient absorption and world absorption, right? Like almost like establishing healthy boundaries, I think is a really good way to picture that. You see, you see the inflammation go down and you see the immune system start to regulate itself just as the nervous system regulates itself. And then I feel like it shifts. I think this is so important when you talk about this, it is a holistic approach. And I always think of this, a wheel and the spokes on the wheel. There's never one spoke, right? That would be a very uneven wheel that would break down. And so there are many spokes on the wheel that we have to work on to get balanced and, you know, working on one thing at a time, your next right step or a few things at the same time. I like what you said about gut and, and certainly digestion. I always say, I can't heal your hormones if I don't fix your gut. I mean, I can absolutely not heal your hormones if I can't fix your gut. So there's, I would say it takes more than hormones to fix your hormones. That's for sure. And the other thing about the concept of digestion, oftentimes, I mean, I've practiced OBGYN and, you know, between med school residency and everything, I think I ate all my meals in like 10 minutes, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or on the go. And, and even now there's that habit to be tempted to eat while working. 
And, but taking that pause. So that habit for me is certainly taking a pause and prayer before a meal, saying a blessing, remembering to connect with those at my table and toast, cheer, salute before mm -hmm. ever picking up the fork and putting it to my mouth. And I think that's that, that piece of resetting resetting your your digestion resetting your energetic space and also incorporating grace and gratitude into your practice how big of that is it do you feel it's huge is consciousness right i mean that's kind of how i see it of like how conscious and present and same thing with food you know right and and i'm sure it's it's the work you've done as well where getting people back to learning how to nourish themselves. Right. And so on that nutritional level, it is about cooking and spending more time in your kitchen and, and making meals enjoyable and, and looking at your food. Like I, I try to do that too. Of like, I look, I don't look at my food as like, you know, calories or, or things of that nature. It's more like nourishment and, and enjoyment and excitement. And how am I going to feel during it? How will it feel after and making those choices? And of course, we all can be rushed. And, you know, like I did have my lunch at my desk, but I wasn't, you know, on or doing emails, but it's, but still even the consciousness with which creating that lunch, I, I think that's so important to just come back of looking at food as, as, a, as a, a part of our medicine, as a part of our healing, which it, it really is the cornerstone and then bringing, you know, community and connection to that. You know, I, I coach with women all the time. And I mean, twice yesterday in my coaching calls, it was you know, overwhelmed by the diet and by the changes I need them to make. And, and instead, then we just kind of worked it through. I was like, okay, tell me the things that you enjoy in your meals right now. Like we had a food diary, we go through it and then they highlight. And I'm like, see, you actually enjoy like 80% of the foods you eat. You actually do enjoy. Now, instead of us putting pressure on ourselves that this is the food I have to eat to heal this condition or to achieve this health goal, instead look at it as nourishment and have fun with it. How can we have fun with it? Let, let's get cool recipes. Let's have friends over for dinner. Find, you know, I had another woman who she's stressing because someone's coming into town and well, where can I go? Because there's no place for me to go to eat. And I was like, there's tons of great restaurants that actually cater to this kind of living. Let's find some, let's, let's make it exciting. And you're tying that into the the nutrition and the digestion piece. And, and I also think like with digesting your world piece as well, because instead of everything being hurried, 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 and just a means to an end, it's, it's something that we can derive pleasure from. Yeah, no, I love that. And so Amy, yes. a couple of things, I mean, I can definitely dig into this more with you. And when you are taking a client from the state of like working with fertility, especially older women in their 40s, and I know medical terminology has advanced, advanced maternal, maternal age. age. <laughs> it's like, it's just a patriarchal system. It's so terrible. And I was, you know, having my uh, daughter, Ava Marie, when I was 41, and I was elderly multigravida. That's the, I see, you know, the ICD yeah, coding. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so terrible. terrible. So anyway. <laughs> beyond that. So when you're working with a woman in her forties, right. And again, I think it's important to restore ovarian function sure. at any age to maintain it as long as possible and as healthfully as possible. So what are some of the, like, if you were to say, okay, if you want to get pregnant, you're waiting to get pregnant in your forties, you should know and do these three things. Nourish your body, understand the, the best diet that works for your body, right? So understanding that fertility is an extension of health. So really tuning into that, that I want as few health kinks in your system as possible. So I think 
And I think that's the nourishment piece. I would then also say the rest piece, sleeping. So many people don't get to bed until after 11 o'clock. You need to get to bed before 11 p.m. and sleep seven to eight hours. And the joy piece, right? I would, joy is so, vitamin J, as my one teacher says, it's just, it's so important. And and so I, I think that would be the pillar to me. It would be like really healthy, solid nutrition that feels good for your body where you're nourishing yourself. Too many women eat too little, right? You know, that that doesn't set the stage. Fertility is a, is a state of abundance, right? But the body wants to have enough to give away. And so you want to think about that. We're really nourishing ourselves. We're giving ourselves a good amount of rest. And then the joy piece. And somewhere in that joy piece, maybe there's movement. You know, I think those are like the, the real foundation there. Oh my gosh. I love that because you like with joy, I say vitamin O, oxytocin or orgasm, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. 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 I love it. In your, in your book and the, your action plan, it says, so I'm, you guys, I'm I'm looking at body belief, how to heal autoimmune diseases, radically shift your health and learn to love your body more. You write in here on kind, that kindness heals. And I love that because I love bring, I love scientists bringing this into, you know, our awareness. So you write science shows that being kind to others in the form of a gift or a compliment or a charitable contribution increases health benefits in those with chronic illnesses. That Mm -hmm. is oxytocin baby, right? That's it. That's it. And it's, it's community, right? I mean, you know, there's all this longevity science out there now. And I'm sure you, as I have, I've read every, like I'm looking up from my bookshelf, like all of them are these longevity books. And of course I try to apply it to helping my women, even in their late forties conceive, which, you know, we're up to 48 natural conception, uh, 48 years old with natural conception with their own eggs. So it's doable girls. But uh, if that's what you want, a huge piece to the longevity factor is community and feeling of like service. Even more so, I think Kara Fitzgerald in her book, Younger You, talks about more so than like, you know, and not that I'm saying to go out and and, and have alcohol every single day, but she's saying like drinking doesn't impact your body as negatively as lack of community does. I agree completely. That's like profound for me to, to think about that, like being a part of a community, feeling like you're, you're lending a hand, like you're sharing. And I think that what comes with that is you feel seen and you feel heard. And ultimately that's so healing to that, you know, nasty bitch on your shoulder, as you said. And it's safety too, Amy. Yeah. It's a sense of safety. You've got yeah. each other's back. Yeah. And and that's powerful. I'm in a three-generation household. And if you hear the baby that. in the background, yeah. but that is like the best thing, the best, that is the best anti-aging hormone, you know, medicine that I've ever, I've ever received. And it's just having that three generation, we have each other's back too. We can rely on each other. We're not alone and encourage everyone in my uh, world. We have the girlfriend doctor community, which is a beautiful place. We get on uh, at least twice a month live in video and connect with each other and address any celebrate together, address concerns together. And it's a beautiful place to be. So just give you my rapid fire questions. It is that time for rapid fire questions. And the Girlfriend Doctor brand is built on four pillars. That is nourish, shine, awaken, and embrace. Those four pillars are just key to to what I say, embody the optimum life. So with nourish, what is your favorite food? What's a food that that you just couldn't live without? Bone broth. I love that. It's so good. It's so restoring. Okay. And secondly, on 
shine. What is a, because you have your own skincare products. Mm -hmm. What is, and they're beautiful, beautiful products. What is a, your favorite skincare product? If you were to choose, this is the must have one. My rejuvenating facial oil. I can't live without it. And no one in my life can. It's, it's, it's the best. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to try that one. Yes. I'll send you a package. I'll send you a gift box. That's at amyraup.com, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, A-I-M-E-E-R-A-U-P-P.com. And the links will be in the show notes. All yes. right. The third is Awakening. What is the, what's a book sitting at your bedside right now? Well, my bedside, not, nothing. I don't, I don't read at night, but over in my office. So I did just read Younger You, which I just By mentioned. Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, a good yeah, friend. So I'd say that one. That's the most recent one I'm looking around. Do I have any other books lying around? I am also reading The Paris Apartment. I like to read both. My husband really encourages me to read as much fiction as possible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it too. And it was the time I hardly ever read. I read the Paris library. I'll have to read the Paris mm, apartment. Yeah, Paris library. Cool. Fantastic. Really? Oh, I'll write that down. Yeah. So yeah, I try to not always, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure it's you too. I love my work and I can get lost in it, but I also need, I need to, it, it feeds my creative juices to go and just read a juicy novel. All right. And so embrace is about intimacy yeah. and connection. Sometimes I ask, what's your favorite sex position? So feel free to share that one. But I also want to know, because you've maintained a busy work schedule and a great marriage, what is your secret there? What is advice that, or what is something that you have done personally or as a couple yeah. to maintain connection? I think presence, you know, we, we both work from home and when our workday is over and our child is home, it's like, that's, everything stays in our offices, right? You know, and we do always have this, um, my son came up with it, but we do it every night at the dinner table. How many steps forward and how many steps back did you take today? And so that's our way of like sharing and being really present and aware. And ever since COVID, I just made a commitment that my workday ends when my son gets home from school when he gets off the bus. And, and that's been, you know, it's been transfer. It makes me like emotional to think about it. It's been transformational for myself and my family because why else am I doing all this if not to, you know, reap the rewards of this beautiful family that I built? And, and it's also practicing what I preach, you know, it, it is creating that sense of community and that sense of safety. So, yeah. Oh, I love that, Amy. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a good reminder of all of us because we love what we do and we can end up doing it 24-7. At least I can once a workaholic. Um, same, I would say I'm being a reforming or workaholic, but that is a really good reminder. And I think that's where that presence, again, that that key to be present and the, you know, being present is the greatest present you can give to someone too. So thank you for being present with me today. Thank, thank you, you for being uh, gifting and so gracious with our audience and giving your knowledge and information and writing your books. You guys check out amyraup.com. The link will be in the show notes, body belief and the egg quality diet, beautiful works. that can <laughs> the blur. No, thank yeah. you. Thank so, you so beautiful, much. beautiful work. And as always be pleased, let me know your comments and your questions. I always love to hear your responses and your interactions. Thank you again, Amy, for being with us. Thank you so much.
That was a really profound interview and just really recognizing how our thoughts, our beliefs affect our body, our immune system, our fertility and our longevity. And it's so true. I think just to summarize a couple things that I really take home with or, or, or is this kind of saying that, you know, the peace, pace, presence, peace, pace, presence. So check in with ourselves. Are we at peace? Are we in fear? What's happening? And what's our pace? Are we rushing? Have we rushed too much today? Are we not rested? And the third is present. Are we really being present? Everything that happened in the past, everything that could happen in the future, we've removed those things from our presence, from our mind. We can really stay focused and present. And that is healing. And then the concept of gratitude, kindness, giving, and contributing into other people's lives, because we're not alone. Create safety for them, creating safety for us is powerful. I think some of the things that we talked about where the saying, some of the beliefs that we've had for ourselves, and I'm, I'm calling this out like a good girlfriend would, that if you are feeling this, I'm too old, there's no way I can get better. That is, that is your own negative self-talk. That is not the reality. That is not the truth. Just think of one person that has been where you are and has made it through or, or living life the way you want them. You want to be living life and focus on that. Let go of the limiting beliefs because uh, my friend from the head of NASA always says, the sky is not the limit. The sky is not the limit. So I leave that with you today on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I thank you for being here. A big part of longevity is eating right. So we just did another Keto Green 16 challenge in our Keto Green community group. So get the Keto Green 16 kit and join us in our next challenge, which was starting first of the year, you guys. So excited to be leading that on. And any questions can connect with me on social media. You can comment, reply to any of our emails and let me know what's going on. And of course, please leave a review. Your five-star reviews make me smile and I love reading them. So thank you guys for being part of the Girlfriend Doctor community. Till next time.